On today's Daily Charge Supercharged Edition, we continue our conversation about 8chan and the current state of internet trolling. Who's a better moderator, humans or AI? Who truly can take responsibility? And where do you draw the line on free speech versus hate speech? It is a really sensitive subject, and we appreciate greatly uh, the really civil, responsible level-headedness that we do often see uh, with our chat room. Um, So thanks, everybody, first and foremost. Uh, This isn't meant to be like a politically charged type thing. Uh, This is just conversation about current events and how it does apply to us in the techosphere. Um, Right out the gate, uh, one thing that's really commonly reoccurring is a lot of people didn't even know 8chan existed. Yan said, I've never even heard of 8chan until the incident. Uh, Brian says, I thought they were constantly misnaming 4chan, was kind of laughing about it at first. (laughs) And I think that's a common place, but the truth is there are several chans over time. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are even more communities out there without the Chan suffix. Where so, do we see these kind of communities? Like, are they going to start really bubbling to the surface and becoming more of the mainstream? Oscar, you were telling me about this prior to the podcast yesterday. That yeah. like where where a chain came from in the first place. It was related to GamerGate. Why don't we Why don't we talk about that story for a second? Yeah. So uh, in in like I said, 2013 it was founded, but in 2014 um, GamerGate happened. I guess it's actually going to be five years from that whole thing. <laughs> that was, it I was mean, a it, thing. It is a thing. Yeah. Uh, so back then, uh, for, like I mean. What Frederick Brennan said was correct. And by the way, he has come out and says he wants HN shut down. He founded it. He wants it shut down now. Mm-hmm. But back then in 2014, he was like, hey, we could talk about Gamergate anytime we want over here at HN. If you guys want to talk about it, come over. Well, because- from what I understand, too, a lot of what was being posted related to Gamergate on 4chan were um- – you know, not only virulent comments, but also doxings, mm-hmm. uh, which, you know, 4chan basically decided they're like, look, we're, we're pretty anything goes, but even we don't want to stand for this. Is that does that sound accurate? Pretty much. Uh, like, there was some uh, uh, there was a lot of toning down of how crazy it was a 4chan 2013, 2014. That was that was definitely it uh, for doxing. I mean, a lot of prior to 2013, a lot of doxing, a lot of, you know, DDoS uh, uh, campaigns, all that started on 4chan. Mm. So so they wanted to sort of clean up their image, at least, uh, and for various reasons that the owner, um, Moot, he wanted to change things up. But yeah, they they shut down a lot of topics regarding Gamergates. And again, that's when Frederick came in and said, hey, guys, come over to... Come over to HN. So a lot of people did. And then just in the, in the years, it's been dwindling down. It's not nearly as popular as it was back at, at you know, late 2014. And now the people that are there, they're there because they want to have just no rules on what to talk about. So one of the things that was kind of um, I kept thinking about relating mm-hmm. to this was, OK, suggesting that HN never comes back. Yeah, it's been shut down. I, I, I checked the site right before we went on air. Uh, it's not up currently. Um, somebody wants to share something really negative online. My impression is, is that they're probably going to find somewhere else to share it. Mm-hmm. And, and that sounds terrible. But at the same time, I mean, does that make sense? Absolutely. Uh, the I mean, there's still the whole dark web. I mean, people can go on there and, and start their own conversation. Uh, but uh, as mentioned, I mean, there's other chants. There's other message boards. So... It, there is nothing stopping from someone else to make their version of HN 
and just make it as ruthless and lawless as they want. Wow. Yeah. BBJ? Next up, let's talk a little bit about anonymity. This is coming from my perspective. I want to know how much anonymity comes into play with situations like this. People feel like they're behind a masked veil and they can get away with saying everything. Are they talking a big game? Where do you figure out and where do these sites come into play and intervene when someone actually seems like they're going to uh, take action rather than just blow smoke? Well, go ahead. I, I mean, with these sites, in the case of the the manifesto, from what the reports are saying, it was taken down about six minutes later. It was reported to authorities. That's what Jim Watkins said in the video. So, so these sites that do have this sort of activity, I mean, 4chan still has some of this activity. I mean, the manifesto, from what I've read, some people said it was on there as well. And to be fair, Facebook, Reddit, Twitter, mm-hmm. YouTube, they are also struggling with content moderation as well. That's right. pretty obvious. So, uh, you know, we, we are talking about some of the more fringe elements of the Internet. Mm-hmm. But when you do have, um, you know, giant websites that are community driven, these things will happen on these major uh, uh you know these major corporate websites also so let's, yeah let's not let's not just focus on these guys too well reddit itself it, it was i won't say completely lawless but say 2012 2011 it was more I mean, it yeah it, there was, was definitely so. stuff going on there i mean there was definitely a lot of a lot of hates going on there when you pe- make people if you give people the option to be anonymous and you give them a their own little space and things start going a little bit crazy Yeah. So uh, BVG, I'm going to try to answer your question a little bit more directly as far as, uh, you know, free speech obviously exists in this country, but there are certain elements that are not protected by free speech. Some Mm -hmm. of them include, uh, you know, espousing violence or trying to, you know, uh, uh, encourage violent activity, certain things like the the obvious cliche, you know, screaming fire in a movie theater, uh, stuff like that. So Uh, When authorities do get involved with these sites, they are required to provide certain information uh, to authorities to try to help them find out who it is that said these types of things. Mm -hmm. And it does appear that A-Chan, if you're going to take Jim Watkins' word for it, was trying to work with authorities uh, as as it relates to that. But, you know, when when you do have anonymity, especially if you're involved with A-Chan, it wouldn't surprise me if certain people used a lot of additional layers to preserve their anonymity, including a VPN. So um, it it would probably make it a little bit more difficult to find people um, on a site like HN. Absolutely. Very well said. Well, I must say one of my favorite parts about being able to do this show every day is that we have such an outstanding international reach. We get perspectives on things that are happening maybe close to home from somebody who's got a little bit of a distance on it. Uh, I want to shout out right now to Commander Trium, who says this is why Canada has anti-hate laws and restrictions on free speech. Yan says where I live, it's illegal to make racist remarks and not uh, not to mention free uh, hate speech. Excuse me, I'm, I'm stumbling all over this one while I'm trying to make a poignant point. Uh, He also goes on to say, I feel there's a lack of oversight here. Recently, Congress seems to be coming down hard on YouTube and Facebook for uncivilized comments. Yet all these hate speech things are happening on 8chan. Are they misfiring? No apologies for the uh, poor choice of words there. Um, That's a great point. And I would probably go to the point to the fact that 8chan is based in the Philippines. The Daily Stormer, which Cloudflare also removed uh, support for back in 2017 after mm-hmm. Charlottesville, uh, they're also based internationally, which means that uh, U.S. authorities have more uh, problems 
They're not able to regulate them as effectively. And let's be honest here, they're more fringe websites. And so they're not uh, beholden in the same way as a YouTube, as a Facebook, uh, as a Google, which, you know, they have a major presence in the country. So that's that is, I would argue, one of the primary reasons. Uh, but at, at the same time, we are seeing that kind of reach these inflection points mm-hmm. where, um, you know, the, the powers that be or the market uh, goes and decides to turn its back on these types of sites, even though 8chan has been protect or has been supported by Cloudflare for I would probably say years. Um, but it, it came up until this point where it was the same thing with Charlottesville. Mm-hmm. The Daily Stormer faced a lot of the same problems. And by the way, I checked the Daily Stormer today, and the Daily Stormer is back up. They lost Cloudflare support, and uh, they struggled to get back online. And they've since then been able to get back online. So yeah. It depends on who's applying the pressure uh, and if they continue it. Uh, I mean, for a while, it was it was you you it was hard to find pirated content. Now it's still just as easy. You know, when the government got involved, it sort of came under fire, but then people find a way around it. So it's going to be up to the government to figure out if they're going to continue to pursue this from this point on to where they have nowhere to run. Right. And um, going back to one of, one of the earlier comments uh, from BVG, as far as uh, hate speech laws, hate speech laws are definitely different in this country. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Europe, they're obviously much more stringent, but a lot of that really has to do with the history in Europe. Yep. Uh, so uh, I, I don't really anticipate that changing significantly in the United States. And it goes back to like what Trump said specifically about video games. Like video games could be protected under First Amendment rules, First Amendment under the First Amendment, and therefore, how are you going to regulate violent video games? It seems to me that it might be very difficult to actually take even a first step in doing something like that in this country. Well, I, I mean, the the first step was back in the nineties uh, with uh, the, the that's where the uh, the ratings were created because uh, uh, Joe Lieberman he had a committee to where saying hey Mortal Kombat and Night Trap and all these games are ultra violence so you you the video game industry need to do something uh, and or else we will and the industry figured out a way to uh, come up with its own ratings so the government kind of intervened or they at least put pressure as you were saying you right know? Uh, and it's laid out but then uh, every now and then there, there will come times when they kind of jump in again yeah. Um, but it's doubtful that they're going to do anything. I'm really glad you brought all that up. Uh, a comment from Commander Trium says, free speech is a great thing subject to, quote-unquote, reasonable restrictions, which can unfortunately involve a degree of censorship, albeit limited or restrained. Uh, Yan says, I know freedom of speech is important, but do you guys think hate speech should be made illegal? Okay. Try defining <laughs> that one. Um, so... Hopefully, I'm not going out on a limb here too much as a journalist. As a journalist, I am a very strong proponent of free speech. And free speech, in many ways, does include hate speech in this country. Uh, So I tend to espouse the chestnut of, I really don't like what you said, but I will fight to make sure that you can continue to say it. Mm -hmm. Uh, I know that that is a position that becomes increasingly difficult these days, but it is one that is at least now enshrined in the constitution. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a it's a fortunate. I mean it it it's not something pretty, but it comes with the good of having that free speech. Um it, it's something that we have to deal with. 
Um, and it's been something we've dealt with for, well, since free speech came to, came to pass. Right. And a mm-hmm. lot of people that do kind of take that position say that government regulation would be far more problematic mm-hmm. as far as regulating what people can and can't say. Uh, we obviously have seen in Europe, they manage well enough, but uh, it's a great question. And yeah, that's that's definitely something that I'm sure a lot of people um, talk about a lot. And, and it's a big concern uh, as far as as far as what what this conversation has been. So definitely appreciate the question. And we appreciate the answer, Ben. That was very well said. Oscar, also, all the research you've done has been invaluable in a conversation like this. I think one thing that everybody is kind of unifying behind, at least live here in the chat room, is that scapegoating video games is a stupid move. Uh, But we do want to talk a little bit about moderation. Timothy says, I think there's a need for better AI rather than mods to flag hate speech. Brian counters that with, should Facebook and other social media sites hire more flesh and blood human moderators? And lastly, uh, anybody remember the old chat community of IRC? I don't remember any kind of backlash in those sites. Do you remember mods getting more aggressive with vetting their community? Do we think something like that could possibly return to some of these uh, contemporary platforms? Okay, so I'm going to let you handle IRC because you actually know what that is. But let me address the AI and the human element first. Mm -hmm. So I would probably say the answer to that is yes. You know, why not do both? Um, Facebook has obviously been increasing its human moderators. I think that, you know, The Verge has done a lot of really good work talking about how those human moderators need uh, some additional mental health assistance because of some of the really awful content that they end up pulling down. Uh, But there are efforts, including from Google, to also utilize a lot of artificial intelligence. It's still imperfect. I don't think that they pick up everything. But for instance, Google, I think it's called Jigsaw, is their uh, AI platform. Um, The New York Times uses it, for instance, on their comments pages. So it is something that is being developed. But with a lot of technologies, as you can imagine, there are still holes and blind spots and, you know, efforts to perfect it. So we're, we're not quite there yet and having it really work great, but um, they're a lot closer than they used to be. So anyway, I'm going to kick to you with, what is it, IRC? <laughs> uh, Internet Relay Chat. So uh, it was a program that you downloaded, came about, I mean, I used it back in the 90s. Some people probably, I mean, it could have been older than that. It was made by Microsoft. Uh, and it is just... Uh, you know, we call HN the Wild Wild West. I mean, th- this was the Wild Wild West before the Wild Wild West, where there was just completely lawless. There was no moderation. You uh, pick a server and you find a room and whatever happens, happens. Uh, it had everything. Uh, I mean, you could think of uh, whether it's good dis- discussions. I-, I had a clan and we uh, played, we figured out our strategies for the game where we're going to play there. But also it had so much pirated content. So it w- it's, uh, I mean, I'm guessing people probably still use it now. I, I don't know. But it-, it was a just giant chat room that people used where anything went on and there was uh, no laws. So answering the, the question though, mm-hmm. Why didn't that get as much attention? Is it because it was still kind of the early days of the internet or uh, well, what, no, it was, what are your expectations? I mean, it's like I said, it's still probably some people still probably use it. It's just so uh, antiquated. Uh, it's not easy to find. Uh, and it's hard to sort of trace back. You need someone to specifically say, hey, we were in this room on this server saying this stuff mm. and this it was illegal. So it, it's it's not completely... Uh, it's not completely to where untraceable, but it requires so many steps to get there. 
unlike HN where it's like click here, click here, you're done. Hmm. So it, it just it was just never part uh, part of that discussion. Although people that that are familiar with the internet know about it uh, from back back when back in the day, back in the day, not not me, thank God. <laughs> uh, it's somewhat reassuring to know that the internet has always been a horrible cesspool. Except <laughs> sure, this sure, just room. slightly less user friendly way yeah. back in the nineties. Absolutely. Uh, I want to give a special mention again to Commander Trium, who's made amazing contributions to this show today. Uh, always, but especially today. Uh, as a fellow student of journalism, I once held the same position ha- as the hosts. However, there are new extremes here. The great thinkers of the past never had to deal with shootings or violence in fear and society on the scale that we are seeing. Uh, and let's not forget that there are exceptions constitutionally where free speech is not protected, such as in a state of declared war and apprehended insurrection. Uh, this is a wonderful, thoughtful thing to bring up. Uh, that there are always exceptions to the rule. Like, we can't write such a black and white rule book. It's always going to be a game of weighing the pros and the cons and the consequences. Um, so I just wanted to thank Commander Trium for bringing that up. Uh, I don't know if you guys have feedback on that, but I'm going to move on to the next question because we are running out of time. Uh, Timothy says, I know nothing about 8chan, but will the backlash be greater if it was on Facebook or any other social media outlet? Where's the line of responsibility of these companies and who sets it? Great question. Well, I think that the difference here is is that HN is much smaller and therefore HN might just never come back. Whereas Mm -hmm. if this were something that was posted on Facebook, as I'm sure everybody knows, um, some problematic uh, stuff has been posted on Facebook in the past and it's never actually knocked out the site and I don't expect anything will knock yeah. out the site at this point. Well, the New, uh, New Zealand shooter, he streamed on Facebook. That's right. Yeah. yeah. And nobody I mean they it, nobody it had, prevented Facebook from continuing to operate. But it, it did it did cause a backlash and Facebook immediately Absolutely. said we're going to fix this uh to make sure it never happens again. Yeah. Yeah. So there are measures of accountability, it does seem, but at the same time, it is meted out differently depending on whether you're a huge company or a very, very small company. A very, very small company, after three separate shooter manifestos have been posted on your site, yeah, that seems that that might be a bridge too far. It might not, it may just cease to exist at that point, whereas Mm -hmm. a larger company, Facebook has uh, weathered a lot of storms, yeah. a lot of, of really difficult situations related to their content. I, I do want to include YouTube here. YouTube has also had to deal with a lot of stuff. Uh, people might not remember this from a couple of years ago, but there are terrorist videos that were posted on YouTube that had mm-hmm. ads served on them. So uh, the internet in many ways is still quite young and there are still a lot of things that still need to be worked out, especially with a lot of... Um, community and consumer driven content Mm -hmm. they're just so much of it and it's really difficult to moderate whether that's with human moderators ai a little bit of both you name it so yeah yeah. uh we have a new contribution real quick from duran uh here in france racist remarks are not covered by free speech and it is criminalized thank you for that contribution i love hearing the different perspectives like i mentioned earlier getting all around the horn here um final closing thought here from storm king if there wasn't violence associated with this event, this tragedy, the hate speech would still be there. Does anyone think that that's more than just one problem we're dealing with? And I want to tack on there myself, what would our reactions have been if the violence wasn't a contributing factor? That's a tough one. Mm. That's a good question, Storm King. Um, I think that it's still problematic. I think Storm King is probably referencing the fact that, you know, there's still, there's still hate in the world. Yep. 
that that is that is the deeply rooted problem that a lot of people have been talking about these days, especially. And um, it's it's it gets so much more attention and it just becomes this thing that people end up talking about for days and days when it is connected to a shooting. But I, I definitely appreciate that sentiment that it doesn't change the fact that, you know, there there are there are people that, you know, hate for for a variety of reasons that maybe you and I don't really understand. And that that does continue to happen. Yeah. And they, they're going to go back to their spaces with other people that think like them. And they are just going to continue to hate. I mean, that is, I mean, that comes with the internet. You could create your own little space and say, hey, we share the same ideology. Let's talk about it. And it can just grow and fester. Yeah. All right. Well, that was a terrible ending. (laughs) It was not a terrible ending. I want to emphasize how much this episode means to me just as a producer of the show. It's easy to get really nervous when we get into heavier, denser topics like this, where we usually just make fun of Apple and drop memes. But we're all a relatively adult here. Uh, I just want to say from the bottom of my heart to the to the listeners right now, uh, wonderful conversation. Thank you for all your contributions. Uh, having a nice, mature conversation about something that does impact us here in the tech field and uh, all of you out there as citizens of the world. So just again, from the bottom of my heart, Thank you, and thank you to Ben and Oscar for such outstanding commentary on the topic. Um, I was so nervous coming in today, but uh, I feel greatly relieved, and I feel like we grew a little bit as a society, just a tiny little bit here today. But anyways, well, we thanks, are out of time. Thanks for putting up with it, BVG. I know we talked about it a lot ahead of time because, yeah, having a conversation about this is obviously, I thought, important, but also very, very sensitive, and doing it with an open forum Q&A is even more difficult. So we really do appreciate the questions. And um, there there were some really great comments today. We really do appreciate um, what everybody was saying. So anyway, thanks again for joining us. Tag us online. Let us know uh, what you want to see on the show for The Daily Charge. I'm Ben Fox Rubin. I'm Oscar Gonzalez. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.